So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And way under to my left, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Oh, hey. really? <laughs> hey, I had man. to ask that. What, uh, okay. Yeah, well, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm in my mountain home. Um, started a new painting and um, have pretty much wild away the last... 12 hours watching nature and painting on glass because that's what you do. My yeah. perfect way to ground. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I do. Yes. So it's, it's, I'm good. It's peaceful up here, you know. Yes. Well, that's why they call it the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> Solitude tends to be peaceful, at least we hope. It does. It does tend to be easy. Oh, my camera arrived today. So, oh, um, good. So that's exciting. Yes, the uh, Everyday Connection video machine arrived today. Um, is poor it red? UPS guy was scared out of his mind. It is. It's red. It's sexy. It's small. It's so discreet. It's so perfect. It's disgusting how perfect it is. Um, haven't even gotten close to looking at how to make it work. But, hey, I'll figure that out. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> So, so keep your eyes peeled, I guess. Um, our, our newest Everyday Connection member will be arriving at the Fortress of Solitude at the end of May. And um, shortly after that, there will be road trips, um, abundant road trips out, taking the camera and going to speak to the public and find out what the hell Everyday Connection means to them. So um, stay tuned for that on our YouTube channel because I'm sure that'll be we'll, – we just saw the greatest interview with a random bus driver in Malta, of all places. <laughs> yeah. And um, apparently, apparently the, the guy's Zen Master, which was yeah. really cool. Zen Master bus drivers in Malta. Yeah. Zen, Zen Master in Malta. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, bouncing off that gentleman in Malta and his work, who we will be bringing on to the show in mid-June for a Wednesday special, um, we're going to take our cute new member of the team whose name is Shauna and we're going to put her out in the public and <laughs> we're going to see what happens um, highly energetic individual who is scared of nothing and super cute so you know she's she's the perfect she's the perfect addition to the Everyday Connection family yeah, and to our home here as I recall you asked her about this idea of you know just going out and seeing what happened and you know she was like, yes. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, she, you know, any uh, any opportunity to go out and interact with people. Um, she she loves people. She loves talking to them. She loves figuring out what the hell they're all about. So she's she's going to be so much fun. And I I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it. Things things at Everyday Connection are constantly expanding, growing, changing, and that's always awesome. Um, so you know, again, stay tuned and keep your eyes peeled because we've got more cool stuff coming for you. Always got to have something fun going on. And I'll be taking the video camera down south with me, so we'll see what we can figure out down there. I won't have a camera person, though. So, Of course, you said you're going to take Shauna out in public. You're, you're planning to stand behind the camera, aren't you? Stick her out there. Well, I, you know what? I think in this case, yes. Um, as far as being, you know, the host for Everyday Connection, I mean, that's kind of what we've done from from day one. And certainly, I have no fear of talking to strangers. I do it at least twice a week on the show, and and people from around the world that we don't even really know their stories until we get them on the air. So, you know, I, I have no no qualms about having intimate conversations with people I've never met before. However, um, it, she's so enthusiastic about what we do, and she's such a perfect personality for this type of work that I really do just want to put her out there and kind of follow her around with the camera and see what happens just because it, I can only see really good things coming of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of my intention is to kind of be behind the camera and and throw in the occasional word because, you know, I don't stay silent for long, but um, yeah, definitely I'm going to put her out there and and follow around with camera and, have good times, good times with strangers. Yeah, that's sounds like fun. fun. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, absolutely. And we happen to have a guest on tonight who who knows might, all about good times with strangers. Might know something fact. about going and asking strangers questions in public and stuff. Absolutely, Although, absolutely. Although his questions might be a little more hard hitting than ours, but we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> Well, you know, we'll see what happens when Shauna can't run a microphone. Yeah, I was going to say that could be real interesting. I would think, because, like you said, not really afraid of anything, so not afraid of asking any particular question either. No, no, she doesn't. um, She doesn't have the societal lines or box that, as a guideline, to. You know, I mean, to to yeah. You tell her, her tell Shauna, think outside the box, and she goes, "Box? What's a box?" <clears throat> right? Yeah, the, exactly, and that's why she she's kind of perfect for this because she's everything that I mean we've strived to do with Everyday Connection has been all about truth. You know, and every every individual's truth is different, and and you have to respect that, and you have to honor it. Um, in Shauna's case, she's she's so open with her truth that I I think we're going to get some really deep interactive conversations because she's just going to be blunt as hell, really. Basically, at the end of the day, she's just going to be blunt, and she's going to put it out there, and she's going to see what people have to say. And, and the people that engage with her are going to be the ones that, that the juicy is going to come from. So it's a perfect marriage, really, Shauna and Everyday Connection, and a camera that's red. That's red. 
Yeah. Because that's important. The red part. Red is important. In fact, we have a redhead on the show tonight. Red is See, very important color. See, Perfect segue. Look at it. There it comes again. It hit. And it's I'm just so right about right for the patient's test. We actually went a minute over. It's 708 instead of 707. Well, the Woo-hoo! computer says 707, so that's good. Because <clears throat> it has to start with 7 and end with 7 or it's not a Boeing airplane. Mm. Oh. Uh, wow. I give you good lead-ins and you freaking mess them up every time. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have uh, with us tonight a gentleman who uh, uh, is not opposed to occasionally throwing a wrench in the gears, um, uh, particularly if it's the traditional media gears. Um, traditional, I, I hate to say mainstream because I think that's changing, but so traditional media will say, um, and in fact is uh, uh, has a group called Media Wrench. Uh, to tonight we have Christopher Harrison. Welcome, Christopher. How are you? Hi. How you doing? Good. Media Wrench. So I knew I was going to like yeah. it as soon as I heard the name. Hmm. <laughs> and now that I've seen the logo, I'm 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 convinced that in to some extent there's a little. <laughs> Throwing a wrench in there, thing. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the first name we came up with, but we pretty much all unanimously liked it. Imagine awesome. that—a unanimous decision mm-hmm. by a. It's like the only one. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, because they're not easy to come by. Yeah. We can we can maybe so get them to with, but man, that unanimous thing. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Well, especially uh, considering at first we had uh, a group of 12 people. Holy crap. Yeah. How do you get 12 people to agree to something? Unless you're Jesus. I mean, really. <laughs> I'm just saying. And even then, if you count even that, 15, so there was a tiebreaker available, you know. <clears throat> Not to mention the one who yeah. betrayed him. Yeah, <laughs> so we, well. They didn't agree after all. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty incredible getting twelve people to agree on anything. Um wow. I can't say I've ever seen that happen. So congratulations on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I ha- I have a bit of an advantage because I know a little bit of your background and I know you personally. I worked with you for, for a fairly long time. Which is usually we've not our chat. We've we've had our chats on the side of the road with coffee in hand. Um but for for our listeners who um you know the, our podcast legion, listeners are legion, and we love them for it. Hello, podcast land. Mm-hmm. Uh, who on earth are you, and what do you do? Uh, who am I? And what do yeah. I do? Um, what do you do? I guess I'm just a person, right? Um, but uh, I guess as far as like Media Wrench goes, um, well, there's a couple of us that go around with the camera. And we get interviews from different people who generally don't get conventional coverage. Um, we try to give them, you know, a chance to speak or, you know, help them promote their events. Or uh, I think one time we we offered a DJ. Just one of us is a DJ. So, um, yeah, different things like that. As far as uh, my background, I did... I did a year and a bit um, at U of T doing a philosophy degree, which was pretty awesome. Um, taking a little bit of a break from that, 
at the moment. Uh, so pretty much just doing camera stuff and, uh, you know, learning things on the side. Um, All right. Well, I'm really curious, Chris, because I, I know you, and I, I got to say I, I highly value some of the back-and-forth intellectual conversations that we've had in the past. In fact, you're one mm-hmm. of the few people that I kind of connect with on that level um, at work when I was in Toronto. But we parted ways in such an odd manner. I vacated the city and disappeared for a year. And one day I look up and here's this guy that was, you know, I mean, last time I talked to you, your dream was to, to learn architecture so that you could, you could, you know, kind of assist that vision of sustainable living in a really unique and creative way. And that is really cool. But, I look up and all of a sudden you're doing what I do, but in a totally different way. And I, I got to admit, I was shocked, but enthralled by the idea because I know you and I know, you know, how intelligent you are. So how the hell did you get started, man? Cause I'm, that's gotta be a story. Like what happened? As far as going from one idea to the other. Yeah. Like how did you get started with media wrench? Because it's, it's it's so far afield from your vision two years ago, mm-hmm. so to speak. Well, I guess I did. I did. It was more like actually two years of, of philosophy classes, and I realized that uh, I pretty much still didn't really know anything. Um, I mean, I, I learned a lot of stuff, but I didn't really have any of the answers. And so I guess I realized that I didn't even know the question. And so um, when the Occupied thing happened, um, I was watching it uh, like on their live stream that they had. Uh, I, I mean, right. I, don't, I don't usually protest. That's not really my thing, you know, going to the rallies and yelling at buildings and all that. That's, um, you know, I, I see value in it. Uh, I, I understand, you know, the reasons why people do it. Um, but up until that point, I'd never really gone for any of that. So when I saw these people um, that actually kind of took a space and uh, were kind of, you know, doing more, a, a more permanent thing than just, you know, a, an hour walk down the street with, you know, an escort and just going home after. Um, so I figured maybe I could help them and it was like, I think it was like a rainy Thursday night and I went down at like 2 a.m. or something like that and uh, pretty much just stayed there. And um, so the place, I don't know, it was pretty interesting. It was kind of like a, it was a weird social experiment, I have to say. Um, just the, just a strange mix of, of people that I would not usually bump into, I guess, and like just varieties all these different varieties of people and they're all basically um, agreeing to interact with each other and so it went on for like a month and a bit and over the time you know spirits were up spirits were down you could pretty much track it by the weather when it was rainy everybody was pretty pissed off with each other Um, you know occasionally a business would come and drop off um, you know Indian food or something and everyone would eat really well that night um, you, you always had a couple guys that were just getting really drunk or whatever, not really there for any sort of protest purpose. Um, 
But the cool thing that happened was there's all these uh, really um, fascinating conversations, I guess, um, about just the way things are and the way things could be or should be or whatever. Um, and just kind of identifying the root issues, you know, um, of different things. And I, and I realized uh, about a week or two into it that I was kind of, I mean, you can't, you can't retain all of it. So I took like two years of tax returns and I got uh, a camcorder. And so I started shooting around the park and catching all these different uh, weird scenarios and conversations between people. Um, and various experts in different fields would come down and just talk about this or that. Um, and, like, some pretty iconic figures came out, too, you know, like, uh, um, there's a woman named uh, Judy Rebeck. I don't know. Have you guys heard of her? Rick? Mm-hmm. I haven't. No. Okay, well, she uh, she founded a, a magazine, I think, called uh, Ravel.ca, and as far as, like, I mean, don't quote me or anything, but uh, she was... Uh, one of the organizers for the rallies um, surrounding um, this this guy Morgan Taller, who ah. yeah, you might have heard of him. Oh yeah, definitely know about Morgan Taller. Uh, so I mean, I just been like I just spent two years learning about that kind of stuff, right? Uh, like bioethics class dealt like with that with that case specifically. Um, so then to see someone who had literally like done the street organization of all that and hearing what she had to think about, uh, all of that, I mean, it was just pretty much just what I was, uh, hoping to get out of it, I guess. Um, and then also, you know, there's tons of negative aspects to what happened at the park there, you know, um, yeah, but I, I, I like the way you kind of called it a weird social experiment. That's it was. It was very strange to... to occupy various and sundry Occupy camps sort of mm. seemed that way to me because there, there were just a really diverse group of people. And because the traditional media kept trying to, you know, ah, it's the kids, it's the this, it's the that. Mm-hmm. And... And they couldn't ever hardly get a camera shot where that didn't ruin that idea because it was this wildly diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it, it, to me, that may have been one of the more valuable things was what happens if you take that wildly diverse group of people and put them in close quarters and they stand each other because kind of traditional media says no. Well, I mean, you have to give them a common intent, right? A common purpose, a common goal. And and this really, I mean, and nobody gave them a common goal, really. They latched on to a common goal and they met in the middle. So that diversity was not a problem. It was an asset because everybody was bringing something different to the table, some kind of different life experience or education or work experience. And... I never had the honor of actually making it into one of those camps, but I, you know, I can imagine that the energy in those camps at times must have been just incredibly intense. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean the ideas that must have been bouncing back and forth must have just been insane. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, it was sometimes sometimes everyone was like really happy, other times uh just just terrible, you know. And then pretty much the whole time through it, I noticed that that the the big cameras and the the reporters and all that they were like walking around what was going on and just like shooting guys holding beers and things like that, and it was just really sad. So I started I started, I started filming them. Um, so a, a lot of how Media Ranch started for me, I guess, um, involved uh, filming how they do things and noticing that they pretty much just try to lead the conversation in a certain direction. They're not actually, like, giving these people a voice so much as trying to get them to say something that fits the narrative. Mm-hmm. And see, that's why I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show, because I come from a journalism background and something that I... I occasionally talk about it on the show, but not often and not to great extent, but we can actually explore that tonight, is that they're actually trained to do that. I mean, the first thing my professor said to us when we came in to the class was, hi, my name is so-and-so, and by the way, bad news sells. Your job is to sell papers. Your job is to sell the story. If you can't bite the bullet and ditch your morals and ethics to do that, then you're in the wrong freaking line of work you might as well go you could definitely see the difference between the more seasoned ones who like followed that really tightly and then other ones who are maybe more naive and would get gather a lot more from you but wouldn't i guess know exactly how it was going to be edited right or would get back and get told next time don't waste so much time on the talk over here go over there where the bottles were breaking Mm because you could get five people breaking bottles and 5,000 having an intelligent conversation and and it's my experience the traditional media will go film the five people breaking bottles and ignore or almost deny that even exists the 5,000 that are having the intelligent conversation because that's what sells let's face it media is a business I hate to break it to people out there in, in listener land, but big big mass media is a business. They do it to make money. That's why it's there. And well, there are some precious gems inside the media networks that adhere to their morals and ethics and fight like hell to get the truth out there. And I, you know, kudos to them. You know, I've seen a lot in the last few years actually leaving the industry for that very reason. But back in the day, and this is, what, 20 years ago that I went to school for that, or no, 10 years ago, 15, I don't know, whatever. I think it was 20 years ago-ish. Um, but that's, you know, that's what we were taught in school. And so all of those older people who are still in the media business, that's their mentality because that's how they were trained. And they know nothing else. So it takes people like Chris to get out there with a camera and and blow that wide open and say, look, man, these guys aren't even covering the real story. And people need to see that. They need to know what's really going on because the the whole thing was, I mean, it was a joke at times what I was seeing on the media compared to what I was seeing from people like Media Wrench. Yeah, it's pretty fun. fun It was kind of fun to run the comparison. To, to see how differently one situation could be made to look through the camera lens. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, there's always that experiment, that psychology experiment of, you know, have 50 people re- witness something and then have them individually write down what they witnessed and see if you get any two stories alike. But 
the, the, the whole idea of individual experience being individual experience aside, uh, there is, you know, there was recently some stuff in the BBC about some uh, photographers, uh, war zone, battle zone photographers that basically did a story on themselves. And mm-hmm. and it was that they would go walk around and they would find a place where there was some stuff in the street and if needs be, they'd find a few kids around and give them ten bucks a piece to hold up a Molotov cocktail or throw a rock. And until it had gotten to the point now where they'd get up in the morning, there'd be kids waiting in gangs, going, "What do you want us to do?" And uh, because they that's s- scary. Well, but you know, it's like they. If I don't get something along these lines to send back, I lose my job. <laughs> And you don't want to lose your job if you're in the middle of Syria. It's not good. <laughs> and um, um, it 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 is weird, and I've seen it happen. I mean, it it uh, it happens. I think in a lot of industries, uh, they reach a certain financial point where. People involved in the industry, people that have an interest in the industry for itself, are no longer in charge. Suddenly, some financial people come get in charge, and they just don't care. They don't want to hear your stories. You know, if y'all were going to make ten billion dollars, you'd have done it before I got here. So we're going to do things my way, and they just tell you how it is, and it all goes to to pot. But somehow, the news media has sort of escaped notice in that that they went the same way. Yeah. Um, well, with Occupy, okay. So, how did you progress from? Because I'm, I'm curious. Like, I mean, Occupy doesn't last forever, you know. No. Uh, although, Occupy yeah, this and that. And yeah. It's where do you go from there? Some things that have happened since then, like uh, little groups, little pockets here and there. Um, they've done tons of different things. Um, but as far as from getting from there to here. Um, yeah, towards the, uh, when we got taken out of the park there, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) I've Uh, been removed. (laughs) We we were removed. Yeah, it was a weird technicality, but I I don't really know why they needed it. It was very confusing. It was, it was a bit like a psychological, uh, uh, warfare. Uh, Even if they weren't going for that, that's, that's definitely how it was received from inside the park because they would serve us with a notice saying they were going to come get us and then they would not come get us. And, like, they did this, like, three or four times before they actually came. So when people actually came to kick people out of the park, it was uh, it was very it was a pretty emotional time for a lot of people. We uh, Basically, we'd, we'd all been up for, like, two days straight or something expecting to have this, like, you know small army coming for us. So it's it's pretty crazy. Um but after, it really after, is psychological warfare. They they yeah, broke uh, you down to the point of no resistance. Yeah, yeah, and they, then yeah, ousted you. Was so <laughs> low that we were in tears and uh then they came. Wow. Yeah, they sent in guys like way before to come and uh you know, offer friendly assistance in removing your, your belongings before they were brought to the dump. Um, 
but that was I, I would say that was all part of just kind of preparing people mentally to be removed um, but well uh, and to, uh, there is something to be said for the emotional exhaustion so that you don't oh, fight back and no it was definitely a, a war of attrition you know, you know, by the time they get there, you're so emotionally worn out from the roller coaster up and down of they're coming, they're not coming, they're coming, they're not coming. That well, that it's also people really don't hard to work. As, as, as admirable as it is, it's really hard to work in a structure with no structure, with with, with like a you know that that really aims to be horizontal. Um, it's really hard to not have tons of rumors flying around all the time that are just very viral. Um, and I mean, we were one of the few parks that had uh, like internet. We had we had wireless internet hooked up through the park through a bunch of routers. Um, so you know, we're we're traveled pretty quickly. Yeah, is it actually true that um, that anonymous kept you guys up and running? Um, the news put that in the news a couple it. times that they they crashed you, and then anonymous kept getting you guys back up and running. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to say, you know, because Anonymous is such a huge group of people. Organization, some of, some of them aren't, don't ever really declare themselves as being Anonymous, but I, you know, I think that's one of the other major um, spins of of the conventional media is, is that uh, pretty much every hack attack is an Anonymous attack, um, <laughs> which, which is technically right because you're Anonymous, right? Of Who's Anonymous? Absolutely. Right? But. Uh, I mean, I I could probably think of a couple of the guys in particular that helped with cybersecurity. Um, I wouldn't name them, but uh, um, very good at what they did. Very good. I yeah, because we'd like to stay on the air too. Very good at what they did. Absolutely, yeah. I don't, good, good I don't particularly want to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, but but the real. But I do want to give a shout out to the hackers out there guys. that are fighting mm-hmm. to keep. The yeah. non the 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 independent media guys up and running because oh, I know you guys are occasionally like, listening so yeah keeping keeping the internet working in Egypt when dictators try to turn it off and things oh, like yeah. that too yeah putting so, up extra internet in uh, North Korea right uh, um, yeah there's breaking through the China internet that's great uh, yeah you know our show's not aired in China no no but not they, much they, no we're uh, it we're is? blocked in China. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah they blocked us in China. But um, but that's good. <laughs> you don't get blocked in China unless you're doing something. So um, absolutely, I'll take it as a good sign. But um, who just does? Yeah, the the quote unquote again traditional media would have almost made it out by now that anonymous doesn't ever do anything but sit around and try to figure out whose computer they can kill. When for the most part. What I see really going on is trying to keep open access in places where it's politically being turned off. And just because somebody took somebody's web server offline, you don't have to – I hate to spoil everybody's fun, but you don't have to be a huge organization to do that. Nope. Really, a couple of guys in their dorm room can do that. And, and, And But they make it out like Anonymous did all of that. Mm-hmm. And you know it, it, that it was some something else that kept, or that nobody kept the internet going uh, in places. <laughs> and it just it, fixed know. itself. Yeah, they, 
They turned off the Internet in all of Egypt. But we're getting tweets from the square. We don't know if that, what, we, what? <clears throat> yeah, well, that's how that's that works. miracle. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> I'll get off my little soapbox. So we, <laughs> so we got kicked out of the park. And then the 12 of us got back together, and we kind of decided we wanted to try to continue doing sort of stuff like what we were doing there because, I mean, a lot of people wandered the park, but the 12 of us and probably another dozen more people pretty much stayed exclusively in uh, the media tent for the park that just handled all the um, communication on behalf of the park, right? So after that was done, you know, there's kind of two camps. One of them went and did the continue to do um, a live stream. Um, I think they might still do it, actually. And so they took that. And we did, uh, I think we still might handle the Twitter for Occupy Toronto. I'm not sure. I think one of us does. Um, and, yeah, so we just started doing little side projects like uh, um, Beats for Beds. Have you ever heard of those guys? No, but tell what? me. We'd like to get them on the show, I'm sure. Yeah, they're they're cool. They uh, they did a fundraiser um, and raised uh, a bunch of money for, I think it was male orphanages in Kenya. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, I, I, that's what's that's what's coming out. So, and so I think uh, you know one of us helped doing with doing the flyer. I, I'm not sure, but I think one of us even did a DJ gig for that day. Um, so we did a bunch of other things. We we came along for some protests and helped um, put out some promotional videos for those. Um, and we we actually ended up getting kind of involved in the um, a, a series of talks uh, called Occupy Talks, where they had a bunch of uh, prominent native speakers come and kind of give their um, I guess their advice on on what to do and and you know. Wow, dude, that's a dangerous that. occupation in and of itself in Canada right now. Standing up for the indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's they're pretty much. There's definitely like <clears throat> there's a group um, of I guess I like I I guess I would say they're maybe more radical than than some of the other natives and and I don't I don't know exactly the politics of it, but uh, they had some pretty good ideas, I think, about uh, just just how to organize, um, because that was like kind of one of the major problems with, uh, with Occupy, was, was that uh, nobody really had any idea how to, how to deal with the suddenly being in a group of people that large, you know, um, establishing the rules for that um, without anyone really legitimately giving the rules that it's a very hard paradox there um and so that um that was one of the videos or, or one series that we did and i think that was probably one of our more popular ones uh where we got uh this, this gentleman named uh tom tom goldtooth was speaking and he's i don't know exactly who he is i don't want to misspeak but uh uh, pretty big guy, and that was the video that ended up being uh, shown in a Harvard classroom, which which was kind of like pretty big kudos for us. You know, we were pretty happy about that. 
And, Absolutely. Uh, I should think yeah. so. I mean, it's, it's weird to take credit for it because, I mean, all we, all we did was show up and put a camera on it. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it's just but it, interesting. But it, I think it, has, it speaks a lot for the courage. I mean, let's face it, man. I, first of all, uh, the independent media people, y'all aren't making jacks. For for money, you're you're doing this because you believe in it, um, and and I know that when you get started doing it, you're investing all of you into it. It's not like you just somebody picks you up and finances all your crap. Every time you go somewhere, that's your money out of your pocketbook. Your equipment is from your money out of your pocketbook. You got to work basically two full time jobs to do what you do, and then on top of it. You have to have the courage to put the truth out there, not as you see it, but as it's happening. So, you know, and and there's still people, and I'm not going to say the whole government because I don't believe that anymore, but there are still people within the media organizations and within the government who would love to see the independent media people shut down because they're exposing truths that the big media's aren't able to expose simply because their financiers won't allow it. So it takes a lot of courage to do what you do. And and I know you probably don't even look at it that way. That's what's really funny about it is that I know you and you probably don't even look at it that way. You're just like, I'm out here with a camera and I'm showing people what's going on and that's what I do because I, I think that's what I should be doing. It feels right, so I'm going to do it. Um but and so courage doesn't even come into it for you. But there's probably people listening who are like, "That's freaking crazy," especially with how volatile right now the talks are between the government and the indigenous peoples of Canada. I mean, let's face it, the natives are pissed and rightly so. And the government is playing this little dance around and giving them, you know, little tidbits and not really doing anything. And the natives are getting more and more pissed and rightly so. Um, but who's got the courage to take the camera out there and, and feature the guy? So you should be shown in the universities because that's what the universities should be teaching people. They should be teaching people that, yeah, you know what, if you see something wrong with the world, don't sit there and bitch about the way that the media is doing things. Go out and be the media. That's your solution. Because you can sit and bitch and whine and chew all you want about how things aren't working right, but it's not going to solve anything. You have to step into the shoes of the people who are doing the job and do the job the way you think it should be done. And that's a great lesson for university students to be seeing. Yeah, I would like to know a little bit more about which class they showed it in. I bet, you know. I I wish they were showing it in the high school. One of the things that really pissed me off is that I asked my daughter one day how much she was getting told about Occupy in school, and she's like, "Oh, the teachers won't talk about it." Oh, I said it all. She said, "No, if we bring it up, we're not allowed to talk about it." Mm. Uh, I was blown away. I was like, "What?" <laughs> are you and she was in Quebec at the time. These are Quebec oh. schools, and Qu- Quebec government is controversial to begin with. So I was shocked mm. well, that the school Charest, system right? was shut. Pardon? They had Charest, right? He was he was going down for all sorts of different bribery and. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Quebec government is full of controversy, and the Quebec people are not soft-spoken. They're, you know, when it comes to politics and social issues, they'll tell you how it is, because they they don't care who you are. They broke the world record for the largest 
environmental protest, I think, last summer. They're outspoken here. They're very outspoken about their rights. They're very outspoken about how things should be, and they, they're they fighters. Um, but, and, and I think know, it comes from just their history. I think I think the worst part about it is the the way the police handle the level of organization they're seeing out there is, is like one of the first things you saw was they switched to these uh, <laughs> broomsticks, basically. It was like three-foot-long poles um, that they were using with two hands to clear the streets um, of people. So That's messed up, see? And that's not, yeah. this is not, that's, that's not a democratic way of of dealing with these situations. And I think that's what led to the whole Occupy movement and, and the the ensuing insanity that's continued on still to today where there's, you know, there's still branch off groups, like you kettle. said, that are still out there. Pardon? In Montreal, they still kettle. You know, they just kettled the group <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we kind of stopped doing that after, you know, a while after the G20 in Toronto. Um, they they made it illegal to kettle protesters where you, where you surround them with lines of police and or just arrest them all. Yeah, Mon- Montreal is is volatile. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give it that. I mean, I've had I've had multiple warnings about the police in Montreal and and Longueuil. Although, you know, I mean. Get, keeping in mind, these guys have dealt with more than one biker war, so that's really all they know. And any large group of people, they're envisioning bombs and and multiple deaths, so they kind of freak out. And you know, that's <laughs> it's, again, it's back to relying on what you know, what you've experienced, and not keeping an open mind to what could be if you would just allow this new way of doing things to to gracefully enter into our new existence. You know what I mean? And it's it's just oh. it's kinda of stunning to be here. Now well, when in when in eons have we ever gracefully <laughs> allowed something really? It's stunning to be here because the contrast is just so apparent in Quebec because the the people themselves are so outspoken, they're so blunt and they're so involved. Um, they don't sit idly by and just just wait for the government to fix it. They go out and fix it themselves. That's what they've always done. And when their government does piss them off, they they'll tell you. you oh yeah. It, off with your head, you know. I mean that's enough. But then on the other end of that, they have this massive police force that have no qualms whatsoever about throwing a guy to the ground and throwing smoke bombs and hitting people in the head. It's just. It's um, the contrast is kind of it's it's shocking to say the least, but it's been an education certainly, uh, trying to get used to the Quebec culture and the way they do things. And I I you know I I guess it says a lot for for people's um, people's determination because the more angst they get out of the cops, the more loudly they they protest. And oh, yeah. that's. I guess it's the French way. <laughs> I don't know. It's a European thing or what. Mm-hmm. But so okay, so Media Wrench starts with Occupy because a bunch of guys decide that they don't particularly like everything that's being shown and they want to show the whole story and then they grow into this organization that's just out there trying to give airtime really to the little guy that's trying to do something, anything, 
um, to make the world a better place, which is awesome because we always support that. But, you know, you, my next question has to be, where does Media Wrench go from here? There's so much talk right now, especially with, um, in light of the Boston bombings and some of the, um, some of the horrific screw-ups that went along with with online media independence in trying to catch, quote-unquote, the Boston yeah. bombers. Um, so there's there's some fallout from that. So how do you, as an independent media person, face that and move forward and ensure that people have trust in what you do? Like, mm. well, where do you guys go from here? Yeah, I guess uh, just over the last couple of years or whatever that we've been doing this, I've kind of been a little bit more careful um, with maybe saying one side is right or the other. I mean, obviously, with the bombing, there's so many different stories that came out um, because everyone wanted to try to have the answer first. Um, so I guess the lesson from that was just that Sometimes it's better to be right rather than on time, which is like completely like flies in the face of normal news. I think, uh, whereas they try to just you know pump it out as soon as it happens, so that they have it first. I mean, having it right sort of falls by the wayside. Um, as far as what to do with it, um, I know one major thing that's coming up is uh, um, they're planning on. Uh, doing some sort of pipeline thing. It's, it's called Line 9. I, I don't know a ton about it. I know uh, they're basically planning on pumping bitumen through Toronto. Um, so so I know that's one thing that's going on that a lot of people are upset about. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's always a million things going on, I, I guess just because I'm in such a large city. Uh, there's pretty much always something to do that... Uh, you know, if if it's not uh, filming uh, speeches from different people who aren't getting coverage, um, it's, I, th I think we actually designed um, uh, for, for there's a a legalized uh, like a pot legalization rally. Uh, we designed a flyer for these guys uh, that do it's an organization called Fill the Hill. Um, Can you get us in touch with them? Because I've been trying to get one of these guys on the air for the last year. I yeah, just want I, one of them to come on the air and talk about why it should be legalized and do it honestly because I'm so sick of hearing this bullshit in the news about it. Yeah. Well, I've, uh, I have kind of grew up with them. Um, as far as the guys who did the, the rally uh, most recently this year um, on 420 at Ottawa, um, but yeah, I, I could probably. Uh, I, I know one guy. He's a very well-spoken individual. His name's uh, John. Uh, he's a he's a lawyer. He does uh, pot nice. stuff. Nice. pot stuff. Um, nice. I'd love to get him on the air to talk about <laughs> to, to talk about the benefits and the drawbacks. I mean, I want to have an honest conversation with somebody about it so that people get a a two-sided vision of, of yeah. why this is such a huge issue. Um, now, are you guys strictly in the GTA, or has Media Wrench branched out? 
we've we've been trying to branch out. Uh, I think one of the hardest things to do is is find uh, people who want to write and not get paid, um, <laughs> who are very good at writing and not uh, prone to uh, I don't know how you say um uh, ridiculous bias where it's just it's too biased. I don't know. I, it's good to have an opinion about things. Uh, it's good to understand inherent bias. Uh, you know, pretty much everyone has an opinion. So, um, but absolutely, but not as a journalist. Yeah, you, you can't be a journalist it, and have an opinion. You have to back up what you say with with facts, and it has to actually be deductive reasoning and not inductive reasoning. Like um, all all the pieces have to pretty much guarantee the outcome that you're suggesting. Um, it's sort of the right. way that they used to talk about the media in the 40s and 50s when you, you know, you got some sort of a confirmation from somewhere and, and oh, and here's a research thing that says this, and now see, all this comes together and means this, as opposed to just saying, hmm. see, Bob is in favor of A, so A must be bad, because yeah. we don't like Bob. <laughs> Yeah. There's plenty of those. It's what I've always said is the trouble with online review things. And unless there's a whole bunch of them, if there's just a few for a hot-selling product, well, that's just the people that are either thrilled or ticked because nobody else had the motivation to get on and do it. Mm-hmm. So do you guys take volunteers? I mean, if people stopped by MediaWrench.org and said, hey, I want to... I want to be involved with this. Um, you guys take volunteers and yeah, just right let them go out? And- yeah, uh, right now basically we're looking for, uh, I guess, volunteers, if you want to say, uh, or correspondents that uh, know of, you know, social activities in their area that have to do with, you know, politics or whatever their interest is. Um, and basically, I mean, I've got I've got one person in BC who uh, she wants to send me some stuff. She wants to to write and take pictures and things like that. And uh, you know, they've got a lot of uh, um, you know tar sands related stuff going on up there, and and uh, Aboriginal stuff going on up there. Um, so it's I mean, it'd be really nice to get some people from different areas. Um, but also Toronto too. Yeah. So, um, podcast listeners, <laughs> since we've been talking to you for two years and saying get off your butts and do something, anything, um, yeah. if you're pulled to to go do this, then you can find them at www.mediawrench.org, and you can, you know, I mean. Again, I say. And just because you're in Florida and they're in Toronto doesn't mean, I'm sure from their days in the media tent, that they have one or two people they've met around the world. And Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, you know, particularly if you're one of these people that's sitting there and you're seeing coverage on the news, but you're going, look, it's not like that. I live here. It's not like that. (laughs) That's, you're who we're looking for. You're the next contestant on the news is real. Uh, because <laughs> because that's where 
the that's really where the work needs to be done, in in my opinion. Absolutely. When, Absolutely. when somebody's doing a great job of covering something already, <clears throat> there's probably a thousand of them already then, you know, because if, if somebody's getting paid to do it, ten people are trying to get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. But if the truth is not sexy, not sellable, not what's coming out on the main stream channels on the traditional news, um, and you know what it is, tell somebody. Well, like another thing is is one like this is something that someone at Occupy said during like one of one of the first interviews that I that I videotaped. Um, well, the interview didn't go the way the reporter wanted it to go, and she basically shut it down. Um, but I didn't. And the guy was basically saying, like, you know, who elected you guys? Who who told you guys that it was your job to tell people how it is? Because you're not doing it, you know? And that's it. You know, I and, and Would you wow, pick- this, ah. is, this is my big fight with this, sh- not so much with this show. We've been really lucky with this show. In fact, we have listeners from all around the world. Um but with my my work as an independent author, that's been my big fight to get recognition as a legitimate author because nobody in the publishing industry said that I was a professional writer. Well, my readers would tell you that I'm a professional freaking writer. And, you know, I think it's it's really up to the public to decide who's giving them their information. It's time to for the public to stand up. We now have the technology to do that. Mm-hmm. Our teenagers are shooting from the hip, literally. They live their lives from their back pocket. You know, I mean, that that's something to celebrate. There's nothing you can hide anymore. I hate to tell you, Mr. Government Man, who's still trying to funnel multi-million dollars into or his Mr. personal Mean account in the Cayman. It's the bully on the block. Any of you. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to you just can't hide anymore. You can't hide anymore because there's always, and it's not about this conspiracy theory where the government has cameras everywhere. No. The kids have cameras. Every yeah. single phone you see out there has a camera in it. And, you know, I, I've noticed, and I don't know if this is still going on in Toronto, but last time I was in Toronto, the Toronto police were really actually being very leery of how they were interacting. I actually witnessed an event where there was a, an assault in a pizza place near the beaches. Mm. I happened to be in the restaurant at the time. The cops came. We all got taken outside to question, answer, and do our reports, and yada, yada, yada. But what was interesting is that the cops were literally like watching around them. They weren't spending all their time watching the people they were talking to, they were also watching the perimeter to see who was driving by with a camera. So they're aware that well, they're being filmed. There's, there's one video that we uh, helped put together from a few different people's cameras that were actually there at Osgood Hall in Toronto, uh, just west of the city hall there. Um, where these two police officers came and uh, literally knocked one of them out and another one uh, put her in the hospital with uh, stitches um, all over her eye. Um, and, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, they have, you know, different ways they act when there's cameras on them and, 
Um, basically, those those guys got off scot free, um, but uh, the charges were were lessened, I think, because of the video evidence. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's no accountability at all, um, except for that, I guess, which we take. Absolutely, and that's that's what it is. You have to you have to take it. Um, we have the technology now. We have the intelligence. Our our youth is incredibly outspoken nowadays, and and just insanely creative. And their abilities to to interact with the issue and to expose it through their multiple of, of technological toys has just been an eye-opener for us doing this show because we, we've, we've been watching it very carefully over the last couple of years and watching it grow and expand. And this is why I say, you know, I mean, yeah, the kids are doing it, but isn't this time for the kids and the young adults to show the older adults how to take back their power? And that's what it's about. It's It's about taking back your power. It's not about being right or wrong. That's not what this is about. It's about exposing the truth for what the truth is. Whether you like it or not, the truth is always going to be the truth. You know, I mean, if the bad guy is the bad guy, he's the bad guy. That's the way it is. Whether he's a cop or he's a burglar or he's a rapist, he's still the bad guy. So, you know, get out there with your cameras. Get engaged with your communities. And don't just expose the crap because that doesn't always help everybody if something really cool is going on in your community somebody's standing up for the rights somebody's raising funds to get people off the streets and and find them homes then tell that story you know that's legitimate media and that's what people need to see they need to see that the world is a world worth fighting for they need to see that there's good people in it so you know again like i can't I can't say enough good things about independent media and and what they have done to change the face of politics and social issues, education, all of it. That all goes back to those brave souls out there with cameras saying, that's not how it is. Here, I'm going to show you. I took a picture of it. And Get involved. I don't think it took very long, really, for the ones that refused to focus on anything but the ugliness to to get sort of marginalized, because that's really, it's just a different person's point of view of what's ugly and what's newsworthy. <laughs> totally. And, and totally. Um, um, you know, not that there aren't lots of ugliness going on around. You know, but there's lots of really cool stuff too, and lots of really cool too. It's it's absolutely it's hard to call something balanced reporting. And yeah, okay, innate bias and this and that. It's nothing's perfectly balanced, but you know, if every story you do is that somebody's out to get us, that's not a balanced view of the world. Yeah, healthy. I mean, there's enough bad stuff going on that you could do that, and lots of people do, but um, I pretty much end up pointing my camera at the people who seem to have ideas as to what to do about it more than anything. Um, I mean, I'll, Always look for the helpers, right, Chris? Yeah, you got you to look for the people who are 
um, who have really like looked into it and and try to find you know really interesting solutions for it that maybe you know are a little bit different or or maybe they're completely normal but they're just kind of stopped being normal or something like that. Um, but there's there's always it's it's always pretty easy to tell like you know who's who's organized a crowd and and just go find that person put a camera on them you know yeah and it it in retrospect most of the you know real earth shattering uh, paradigm shattering things weren't really lightning bolts somebody had been working about it you know thinking about it talking about it working on it for years quietly yeah. behind the nobody paid attention and then one somebody caught on, and uh, so there's lots of that out there. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have an interesting question to ask, and I'm going to hold on to it until after the musical break, because um, it's right around that time when we should take a break and then bring our guests back for one hard hitting question. Ha ha ha! And I'm allowed to ask it because I know him from back in the day. Um, and then we'll we'll give all of his information and his links so you guys can find these guys because I would love to see Media Wrench be bigger than just Toronto. I'd love to see them be bigger ultimately than just Canada. I would love Media Wrench to to be an international collaboration of truth. And I you know, I mean, if you're one of the people involved then I'd love to eventually meet the rest of them cuz I know you don't you don't work with morons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it bluntly, I guess I'm going to put it bluntly. Knowing you as I do, um, I bet you that every other person involved with this is just as fascinating and, and as intellectually intelligent and grounded and um, educated and aware as you. And that that bodes really well for the people that are watching the stuff that you guys produce. So, um, yeah, they're definitely yeah. some of my favorite people. I, I I bet they are, and you know, hopefully someday I'm going to get down to Toronto and give you a hug for I don't doing this crazy thing that you're doing. I love it, and um, meet some of these crazy people that you're working with. <laughs> I bet you they'd be a ton of fun. Uh, hopefully, my my partner here has a song lined up that's going to be right in alignment with uh, the energy of tonight's show, and then we'll come back and I'll ask that question that I'd dearly love to ask. Absolutely, because, you know, we have several musical friends here and musical family members at EC, and uh, our dear friend Jordan Okren uh, actually Ah, uh, attended some of the Occupy and did a uh, video uh, of this particular song, performed it over and over again at the at the camp and uh, uh, near him, and then also did a video uh, about it, uh, called it a truth anthem. So uh, we'll have some Jordan Okren anyhow, and uh, we'll be back in about four minutes. Stay with us, folks. Nice pick.
back everybody that was our good friend and family peeps Jordan Okren uh, and you can find him at Jordan J-O-R-D-A-N Okrend O-K-R-E-N-D dot com so go by and check him out he's got some good stuff he absolutely does and um, I'm sure he's got some some new stuff because uh, he happened to be in Boston at the time of the bombings 
So, you know, he seems to be in the middle of things wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, would you? <clears throat> imagine that. Um, Somebody willing to stand up and sing the, about it. Yeah, and whenever he's in the middle of something, he, he writes a song. So stop by his website and check out his latest stuff because he's always got something new coming out. All right, Chris. Hey. I know, I know, I know who you were. Who I was, yes. Don't know this man. I, I like him. <laughs> he wanted to be an architect so he could build. Don't know this man who I'm talking to, man. No, He's just honestly. building different um, stuff. I've been a lot of different How people. has, you have, and every single one of them has been fascinating. But i got to say, I'm right in love with this one. Uh, how has this changed? your life and your view of the world and how it works and your view of people. I like the crickets in the background. Aren't um, they awesome? I go to sleep to that every night. You should come visit. Um, Anytime you want to get away, my house is your house. Well, I mean, it's been really good to have an outlet for just different things that I solidly believe. Um, it's also been really good networking with all these different um, people who I might not have bumped into otherwise. Um, I would say, all in all, I'm a lot less angry about uh, the way things are, um, partly because I understand a little bit more about what I can understand, I think. And and what's maybe, you know, just speculation, not really interesting for me. Um, so I, I guess, you know, some of the major changes has just been... I moved around a lot when I was younger. Um, so it's, it's just kind of interesting to see people fighting back and to see people um, finding just new ways of, of, you know, reaching out to each other and and, and uh, figuring out, you know, what, what, what are the problems here and, and how can we fix them. Um, so, yeah, I guess... I guess uh, it's 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 become a little less of a spectacle uh, now that I kind of see how the gears are placed. I don't really see exactly how they work, but um, it's it's become less about uh, just you know the experience and more about uh, um, just I guess the next step and and seeing what this all turns into. Because there's there's so much good organization right now, and we're seeing we're seeing 
uh, two things happening almost at the same time, um, like almost a criminalization of dissent alongside um, people really learning how to um, cooperate. So it's really interesting. It'd be interesting to see who wins, I guess, in the end. Um, I, I probably won't actually get to see that, you know, in my lifetime. But um, I, at least I get to keep, you know, keep my thumb on on the on, on what's going on, and uh, it, it's, it brings me some comfort, I guess, just having having that. Uh. <laughs> Apparently, she agrees. Absolutely, <laughs> and you never know. My apologies. Can change much more quickly than than we sometimes suspect, and um, and I think that whenever the control of information flow is done through squashing, as opposed to you know suave and gentlemanly conversation that it doesn't work out well for the ones doing the squashing. Mm-hmm. History would say that anyway. Uh, and, 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 and of course, I think that's true because most any individual you talk to says that's true. <clears throat> Why are not telling me what to think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I find really inter- interesting is that you've gone from being the observer to being an active, interactive observer, so to speak. And I know that's kind of a a twist on words, but Mm -hmm. you're still observing because you're observing really more for the public than you are um, for yourself. Although if I know you, you're also observing for yourself because life is just fascinating and people are cool and they do really weird stuff and how can I pick that apart and figure out why, Um, which is kind of, ingrained into your personality but you used to do that from such a far distance Mm -hmm. and now you're right there in the middle of it you're getting involved not in the sense that you're saying this is right or that is wrong because that's not your role it's just your role to be the camera and say you know this, this is what I see and maybe you should see it too yeah. And that, to me, is a huge step in in a totally different direction that I ever, knowing you back then, envisioned, you yeah. know, your life to go. And I can't imagine what's in store for you. I mean, combine the intelligence with this innate ability to observe in a biased manner, but to do it on an intellectual level in in such a detached way you're in the perfect perfect job you know what i mean like this is the perfect career for you and <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me that you found your way there through an occupy camp mm-hmm. and it just goes to show you know you never know how your life is going to change if you just get off your couch and get out into the world. Because you see yourself in a certain way because that's how society has dictated to you that it should be. But something inside you saying, no, it's not right. And then you get off your couch one day and you meet a bum on the street and the bum changes your life. Because he says just the right thing to you. It's just the right moment. And you go off and you 
write a novel and become a bestseller. I mean, we see it all the time, stuff like that happening. And and this this is not something you planned, and that's the beauty of it. Mm. It's so perfect for you, but you didn't plan it. You didn't sit in your living room and go, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. This is my passion. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm built for. This is my purpose. That's not a Christopher Harrison kind of thing. That's not what you would no. do. No, you it, fell it, into it. Like, you know, it's raining out. It's it's two a.m. I'm I'm just gonna go and wander wander in. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's a common thing, you know, when it's raining at two a.m. to sort of go have a stroll. <laughs> but. Um, I find it interesting, too, that you mentioned something you mentioned I want to uh, – you said sort of figuring out how to have community. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that was the story at the Occupy camps as much as anything else was how do you take this insanely diverse group of people – you know, from the two guys that want to stay drunk all the time to the two, you know, raven lunatic extremists over here, and, and then all us other folks in between, how do we take that big rainbow and have some sort of a something besides chaos? And that's community. And, and we really kind of have lost that as a society. We used to have it. We It's only been in the last 30 years that we quit living in rural communities. Yeah. It's sad because I, I think that um, living like living where I live now, I recognize the value of that more than ever, um, which is not to say that it never occurred to me living in Toronto because anybody who's ever lived in an apartment complex in Toronto knows that your apartment building is, is a community in and of itself. I mean, you got some really random weird stuff happening in apartment complexes, but at the same time, if you're one of those people who's able to interact, you could have. You know, I used to have kids knocking on my door and coming hanging out in my living room. (laughs) How was your day at school today? I don't know. These kids weren't mine, but they're in my living room chatting with me. And I think that if we could take that and take it out into the streets. And, I mean, there's so many of us myself included, who come from some really jacked up dysfunctional families. And it's it's not, I don't think, the fault of our parents. Um, I'd like to say it's the fault of society, but I think it just is the times that they lived in and, and stuff got really weird for a while. And some of us are the product of that, right? And so to be able to go out now and find a community, but not just in a family and not just within our own backyard or within our own apartment complex, but in a global sense through this use of media and the Internet is Mm -hmm. such a blessing to so many people to be able to see that person and go, I know you, you're my brother. And to have a common purpose and a common goal uh, is enough to create that family tie that many of us are craving because when we were young, we kind of did without. Um, and, and maybe that's why we did without, so that we would go out and seek it now and help to rebuild those communities and bring them back as, as they were originally intended to be because 
society succeeds when the neighbor helps the neighbor. That's successful society to me, when the guy next door cares. And so, you know, it takes people to get out there into the world and say, I care. Even if that guy that you're featuring on your show or on your, you know, you're you're spotlighting on on your camera is not a big name and you can't go out there and get get a million views because you just featured Johnny Depp on blah, blah, blah. But you told his story and that's what matters. That's what's important because everybody has the right to have their story told and they all have the right to have their opinion heard. Whether it's wrong or right in our eyes, it doesn't matter. They have the right as a human being to speak their truth and that to me is what Media Wrench represents. And for that, I thank you for being one of the ones out there offering a platform for people to do that because they they deserve to be able to do that. I mean, like everything we do is pretty much just trying to keep keep in touch with people who are doing other things who do a lot more work. So it feels hard to take credit for that, but, um, but yeah. Well, somebody's got to tell the story, man. I mean, you don't always have to be the story. Sometimes you got to just be the one standing behind the camera so that the person who is the story can tell it. And mm-hmm. and that is a magical, magical position to be in. So good for you and your crew for everything that you do and be and everything that you represent. I mean, all love and all respect from both Rick and I, certainly, because you really do represent what Everyday Connection I... stands for. and. Mm-hmm. Right, Rick? Uh, yeah, you know you no, that's what I said. I, no, I said I. I, I. That would be I, an A-Y-E, I, not I, a, Yeah, I, 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 sir. Can you spell that? Uh, I, I, I. Well, and it's usually not hard to tell when something's going on, because if you've got 50 mm-hmm. people gathered somewhere, there's probably something going on, because yeah. just as we started the show with... It's damn hard to get 12 people to agree on anything. So if there's 50 of them over there, there's something going on, I'm telling you. You know, I mean, it's just the way it is. So, and, you know, being curious, I want to know, well, what's going on? What are they talking about? might be nothing, but it might be the next big thing. You never know. And uh, Uh, I want to know. And that's... Sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, the cool thing about uh, just social media, how it is right now is, any given day, I can just look at uh, like a list of events and find at least two for that day. I mean, people are really getting organized, and and it's groups like uh, you know like no one is illegal and thin, and uh, you know even I think there's like a, you know permaculture project and and there's uh, you know people against uh, line nine and there's uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, but uh, the Sarnia Chemical Valley, uh, the natives that, that live near there, they they're always uh, organizing because it's you know it's a ridiculous situation there. Um, so I don't know, yeah, it's, there's just like a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I just you know try to stay in, 
stay on all the social media and try to use it for something more than just, you know, showing people your dinner or, you know, just saying hi or whatever. I mean, that stuff is good too. Um, but these tools that we have are are pretty much like uh, you've never seen anything like that in history, I think, where people can, can organize at the level they had. They had to raise the number of uh, um, names on a petition in the States, I think, to 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 a much higher number because people are getting so organized, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 level on the president's website uh, mm-hmm. that, that yeah, gets a response uh, directly from the president of you know mm-hmm. here's the answer to your question. Uh, they had to I don't know, increase it to like five times what it was yeah. because yeah. he was having to answer really odd what they thought were odd off the wall questions. But like, uh, can we build the Death Star? But obviously, twenty thousand people don't think it's odd. <laughs> Can we? And that, that was one. That was one of them. Petitioned them. Really? Yeah. And that's that's, that's, and, that's uh, a legitimate that's, question, though. But this is not the response. I'm sorry. For. And but it's um, a legitimate question. Can we well, build a Death Star? Yeah, sure. I'd love to know the answer to that. Do <laughs> um, we have permission to do that? There's a guy raising money to build a. Does anybody USS own Enterprise. outer space? Might as well, right? He's, everything well, that the world drive, question. he said we can do right now, the USS Enterprise. Yeah. And so awesome. they had to bring up the number because, I mean, it's getting easier to organize. and and Well, and it's getting harder. You know, it's people getting were, easier and harder. Cause, cause people yeah. get really worried about this privacy business. Mm-hmm. Yay. And, but the thing well, is. Well, you know, I got an answer that, to that, Rick. Oh, Here, Here's the thing. Here's I, the thing. I'm going to butt in. I'm totally going to butt in on this. My mama always said, if you don't want anybody to know about it, don't do it. Well, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. That's good advice. But the the thing about the losing your privacy, because it's just all out there. Well, when it's all out there, nobody can pull the wool over your eyes either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start seeing these movements like... The fellow in Israel that decided, I just don't know what's going on. This is this is madness. These people are insane. And so he just puts a picture up on the internet that says, you know, dear Iran, when I don't want to bomb you. I don't even know you. That's all he said. Love you. Yeah. yeah. And 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 all of a sudden, you know, by the next morning, it was a Middle Eastern sensation. Within two days, it was a global movement. And and if People there were Iranians and Iraqis sending pictures to Boston. Boston, been, we love you. Well, but there's been some recent changes, and and they've been rather quiet, oddly enough, in the main traditional media. But there have been some changes in the stance of all sides in the Middle mm-hmm. East. Um, Israel sort of backed away from this very quietly. Don't want to tell anybody, but we're going to back away from this a little, and we're, we're going to do this over here. We're going to, and if people don't think that recognition on the part of the people that, wait a minute, it's not just that I don't think what my government is saying is true. I can't find anybody that thinks it's true. <laughs> that they begin to understand the the, the, the real power of information. Um, it. If you control the trickle of information, you 
can make it look like you control lots of stuff that you really don't control at all. And so I say just plaster it all out there. Mm-hmm. It'll filter itself, you know. I mean, we yeah, science science can talk about that. You know, there's say there's fifty billion things that my eyes could see in this room, and hypnosis sort of proves that we see them all. But your conscious mind really only sees three things. Or you might say, I don't remember, but one thing: the funky clock in that room. Mm. We've been filtering out masses of data for ages, and we'll find a way. You know, this data overload is going to, you know, corporations won't be able to deal with it. Oh, are you kidding? This They're is- dealing with it real well. They're they're making buying and selling decisions based on it and doing well. So, um, I think one of the dangers with the um, social media that we have right now, um, I guess just a crit- criticism of it is, it makes it really easy to, um, like you were saying, censor out a lot of information that doesn't necessarily agree with your current paradigms. So you you see a lot of people ending up in kind of pockets of, of people who just agree with the, each other. Um, so, I, I mean, I'd really like to see a lot more constructive discourse between people who really disagree. Um, you know, try to try to grow up from all the, the flaming and all the, all the you know, well, the contest. It- you know, don't make it a contest. Make it a uh, a discussion and a conversation uh, and an investigation. I would say, you know. Well, and I'd love to see us do that because, to me, that's what the governments won't do. You know, mm-hmm. is you know, well, I won't, I won't come sit down and talk to you until you do this. Well, I won't talk to you until you do this. Okay, well, but now they're not going to talk. Mm-hmm. Well. Really? Because I think it was Churchill. Everybody talks about all these wonderful things that Churchill says. and and But they always forget to mention that he said, you know, if, if you're trying to make peace, you got to talk to your enemies. You don't have to talk mm-hmm. to the people that are your allies. You're already at peace with them. Yeah. For heaven's sakes, you know. And we get all this, oh, well, you can't talk to them. They're our enemy. Well, what? Yeah. That? What? But well, and so I'd like to see like a, a lot more discourse between um, the public and the police, you know, since they seem to be one of the big problem areas. Um, I mean, not all of them, but but there's obviously a, a lot of bad apples in that profession. Uh, you know, very violent people. Um, I'd like to see a lot more discourse and a lot more openness there. And I, I think social media could be used if people were more willing to speak to people who they disagree with. It could, it could be used to uh, propagate all sorts of like really you know powerful ideas. Absolutely, and as long as well, I mean, people, quite honestly, if you can find a, a Zen master driving a bus in Malta, you might be able to find a Buddhist cop in Toronto. I'm sure you can. Just saying. There's tons of good. Just saying. If people could get out there with cameras and, and start talking to people, then maybe, you know, I mean, let's face it, there's there's not much left to hide, guys. I, we, we put our freaking lives on, on, on the Internet. And this generation that's up and coming, they don't hide anything. They don't care, really. They really don't care whether you agree with them or not. And kudos to them for that. And I'm not saying that everything that they do is great. But the one thing that they are doing that I'm in perfect alignment with is just bearing it all to the mm-hmm. world. 
this is me, whether you like it or not, here I am. And we could all use a little more of that. We really could. Yeah, because so, here I am, and I like me, and that's really all that matters. So, yeah, know, really. And it 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 needn't always. I I I kind of think we always will sort of pair off into these little pockets. Like, you oh, know, oh. I think that's what communities were about. But it's not mm-hmm. necessary for those little pockets to be blind to each other and refuse yeah. to speak yeah, to each other. There can be community of communities as well. And and as long as there's people saying the things that you're saying about, I'd like to see people that disagree talking. I'd like to see what might come of that. I think it is doubtless that we'll arrive there because it's... That, that power is... That information power is shifting rapidly, mm-hmm. and um, and that's real all really all anybody's got, you know, because otherwise we all just got two hands, two feet, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, we're definitely becoming more integrated. Absolutely, we just had a guest on last uh, Tuesday that you know made it very clear that it doesn't matter if you got. A billion dollars. The air conditioning guy's not coming today in Costa Rica. He don't care. <clears throat> Got better things to do. <clears throat> so, see? He be on Tico time and you be screwed. <laughs> That's the end of it. Yep. And we could all use a little more Tico time. All right, Chris, well, let's get down to brass tacks. How can these people that are listening tonight support you, volunteer for you? I don't know. I know you ain't getting paid for what you do. So how can they yeah. make sure that you guys have the equipment that you need and the stuff that you need, and how can they get involved? Okay. Um, so we've got our website. It's uh, MediaRunch.org or MediaRunch.ca. I think we have that one, too. Um those those both lead to our articles. We're of course looking for people to write more articles. Um, there's information on the website about how to contact us as far as that goes. Um, also, we have a Twitter, which is at MediaRunch. We have a YouTube channel, which is doing pretty good. Uh, it's it's got uh, it's got probably sixty seventy thousand views or something by now. Um, Oh wait, I think. Um, so that is YouTube.com/slash/MediaWrench. Um, I mean, you could just type Google MediaWrench. Um, you probably find all our stuff. Right, or the easy one for our podcast listeners who aren't anywhere near the screen where I've been pumping these links through every five minutes would be the MediaWrench.org. <laughs> it released just like it sounds, Media, M-E-D-I-A, Wrench, W-R-E-N-C-H. I wasn't kidding about the wrench and the gators thing. We've got we've got Facebook as well, which is just media rent, or Facebook.com slash MediaWrench. Um, occasionally we have a live stream channel, but, I mean, you'd find that information through the Facebook. So the Facebook is a lot more like event-based. Like when stuff happens, we just kind of talk about it. Um, the website is is more investigative and and promoting other people's work, other people's writing. Um, the videos are all on on the YouTube. Um, that and that's basically mostly interviews and some some stuff from other people's cameras from other places like uh, Oakland or wherever um, 
So yeah, there's, there's a few ways to get uh, kind of hooked in to what we're doing. Um, as far as, as helping, uh, I mean, you can send us a message on the, on the Facebook, uh, on, on the Facebook page for Media Wrench. Um, that's, that's one way. Take emails, too. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, yeah, just go, so, go to the search engine, type in uh, Media Wrench, and you, you'll probably find us. You'll probably find them. And uh, if anybody's got Richard Branson's cell phone number, just, you know, tweet it over there to the guys at Media Wrench because they need a thing or two. Mm. Uh, new camera. <laughs> um, Still looking for Richard Branson. I know you're out there. Hey, We're coming for you, man. One of these days. <laughs> one of these days. Because <laughs> he does crazy stuff like that. Somebody tells him Dude, something. I will consider every day connection to be an ultimate success when we can get Richard Branson on the air. You know, he's, <laughs> he hears rumors about stuff and just shows up. I can show you stories. Absolutely. And, you I know, know. And that's why he's, he's like, brilliant. That sounds like him. a good idea. I'm going to go support that, and then it turns into, Absolutely. you know, billionaire. He's thing. genius. He's genius. Yeah. That's why he is who he is. He's genius, and he's out there fighting for the little guy. So shout out to Richard Branson for that. Yeah, yep. All yep. right. Like this, him. It was an absolute pleasure. I, I don't even have words for um, how fun okay. this was for me. Because, dude, who you are and who you are, who you were turned into a beautiful who you are. And who you were was pretty cool. So that, to me, is just, like, it's just an awesome progression, honestly. Um, and ladies, I don't know. Chris, you still single? Um <laughs> No, you're not still saying, okay, I, I can't give you his Facebook then, ladies, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's not still single, but he's a hottie. I remember that. Um, all right, so uh, we have guests coming up, Rick. I don't know. You got the calendar opener? I do. We we Well, on. yeah, next Tuesday we have uh, Lena yeah, Marstam joining us. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we right. met down at uh, the Mango Tree in Costa Rica. And, right, uh, she's going to be Then uh, Wednesday, we have Charles Gilchrist coming back. We're doing a special with him, starting a little earlier in the in the day, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, this is a good one, guys. This is going to be on symbolism. Right. And it's ancient, original meaning. So um, if, if you're looking for some answers on what those symbols that you see every day, like the swastika, uh, what they originally meant... Um, it's is going to be a really intense. Like what they meant for thousands of so, years, and then for like yeah, one five year yeah, period, yeah. they meant something different. Mm. You think that Christian cross means something to you now? Just wait. Yeah, there's lots. <laughs> wait till we have a conversation with Charles Gilchrist. Um, it's, it's going to blow your mind. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then uh, on Thursday, Sophia Gentera is coming back yeah. to talk about. Um, Healing animal and intuition and connection and all sorts of, I mean, this woman's got answers for your pet problems that you wouldn't even, I, she's coming back for a reason. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we there don't, you go. We don't bring people back for no reason. This is her second visit and she's coming back because she's really freaking good at what she does. So, um. 
You want to know what's going on with your pets because I know that people love their animals and, and lessons to you for that. You got issues, health issues, emotional issues with your pets. This is a good call-in show for you. So that's yeah. Thursday night. Absolutely. Good stuff. So uh, we hope that you will uh, join us come Tuesday. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, because you're the ones that count. Stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.